When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm seeing something. It's smiling at me. But not a friendly smile. The worst smile I've ever seen in my life. Do you see it right now? Smile. Rated R. Only in theaters September 30th. You're listening to a Castaway Media Podcast. Find more great shows at castaway.media or find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash castawaypodcasts. Welcome to episode 39 of Potterooney, and this week I am talking to Simon Delaney for the second time because he came in a week before this and uh, talked for 20, an hour and 20 minutes. Um, it was fantastic, one of the best interviews I've ever done, and then I turned around and nothing was recorded because of some technological hiccup, some ghost in the machine, some binary fuck-up. Um, and it just wasn't recorded. So Simon being the wonderful, nice, professional, just nice man, said, no problem, I'll come in again next week. And, and we did the whole thing all over again. So thanks, Simon, for doing that. Yesterday, I taught a class of 22 young Norwegians in the art of stand-up. And it was very inspiring. They were young, uh, 19 kind of age Norwegians over in Dublin for a few days because in Norway, when you finish school, you can do a year of just exploring. It's such a civilised country, Norway. You, you can do a year of charity work or you can do a year of, of acting classes and it's all paid for by the government it's just so good so they were all over uh, for a few days going to see stand up and plays and uh, uh, improv and so they came into uh, a room that I'd hired out in, in the Gaty School of Acting and we went did six hours of it like improv eventually ending up with each person having a f- few minutes of stand-up comedy material. Uh, it was bloody great because they, they all came in and they were all they all had ridiculous names like uh, Kuchenvaken and Sklidar and one one name was just raw and apparently it meant wolf bear or wolf eagle not sure but um, and, and they all came in and with different kind of all this stray, 22 strangers and then by the end of the class you can't, you just know every one of them and you figured out kind of that they're all different people and uh, they all have their own strange little idiosyncrasies and some are bubbly and excited and the other, the quietest ones became the funniest ones by the end of the day and uh, it was just an amazing day I really 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 enjoyed it and they I learned more from them than I'm sure they learned from me I'm sure they learned something from me and they seem to enjoy it as well um yeah and now so uh, next week just want to give plug this I'm doing a live podcast for the first time in the stag's head on Wednesday the 24th come along it's free in you can donate money if if you like it if you don't, just come along and enjoy yourself. Upstairs in the Stag's Head, I have three guests. John Connors, the actor from Love Hate. Uh, Thomas Walsh, who has j- just coming back from L.A., where he's hanging out with lots of, um, uh, you know, fucking famous people, I suppose. Um, and uh, Amanda Brunker, the uh, 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 lady with the blonde hair. And uh, it'll be a bit of crack. It'll be last for an hour, an hour and a half. I'll do a bit of stand-up. There'll be a bit of improv. And come along, you can make a donation. Anyway, have a listen now to Simon Delaney.
Jesus Christ. Okay. Where do we begin? That sounds great, Simon. You sound brilliant. You're a great singer, aren't you? Half for ten o'clock in the morning, is it? Yeah, yeah, it's very good. Mm-hmm. Sounds lovely. Mm. So clear. <laughs> <laughs> It's a beautiful way to start this conversation. <laughs> um, first of all, I want to say thank you for coming in for the second time. Listen, it's a pleasure, Joe. It's mm. a pleasure. I missed climbing those stairs last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's great to do it again. No, uh, yeah. Had a pro- I've already said it last week that uh, we talked for an hour and... An hour and a half. An hour and a half. Great old chap. You have a brilliant life. I want to ask you. Yeah, I've had a brilliant life. But I have to. Can you remember what it was again? Yeah. um, It started off in. um, Sorry, this is funny. (laughs) But uh, you started off uh, doing amateur fanatics. So tell me. (laughs) Tell me. I went to the start. Well, I, sp- I, I you know what? I suppose it started with that. It started with a bet, really. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> a girl I was going out with at the time was that. Uh, <laughs> this is bizarre. We're having this conversation. No, I've forgotten. Again. I've forgotten what it was. You're such a liar. No, I have actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I forgot the genuinely. bet. What was the bet? <laughs> See, yeah, well, no, uh, okay. Uh, so anyway, she. Just make it up. Oh, don't worry, son. <laughs> <laughs> I made a career out of it. Um, so anyway, this girl I was going out with at the time, I was would have been about 22, 23. Yeah. Mm. She was a member of a local musical society. And uh, she, I, I played football with our two brothers. And uh, she played us for Jesus years oh, yeah, yeah. to go down and join. Yeah, And I thought, no. Oh, Musical society. What? In the, what would I be doing? Mm. I was playing football. I would be doing that, you know. And uh, costume and makeup and frocks and now mm. I was taking me breakfast roll and me deliveries. You know, I was a, I was a bloke's bloke. Mm. But she played us to the point where I said to her brothers, "They were doing a new starting a new show." And I said, "Look, let's just go down for for an hour, and at least at that point, then we can walk out and say, stop asking us now.'" We've done it. We've come. We're here. It's cack. We're going home. <laughs> so of course we went down, and uh, it wasn't cack. It was. It was. It was great crack actually. Yeah. And uh, we we stayed for the night. We went back the following week to the next rehearsal, and then they were having for this particular production. They were doing it was a production of Godspell. Jesus. Actually, his name is just Godspell, it's not Godspell, Jesus. <laughs> uh, and uh, it was a kind of a weird production because it was kind of set. You can set Godspell wherever you want. It's the story, oh, yeah. it's the Bible, basically. What are the songs in Godspell? Huh? Is there songs in Godspell? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Absolutely. It was well, it was a musical written in the 70s, and yeah. it's out there. There was a movie made of the musical. It's out there, set in New York in the 70s. Oh, right, yeah. And it's all psychedelic. There's some beautiful music in there. But there's an awful lot of shite in there it's as well. G- Jesus arrives What's in the story? Well, you can set it whenever you want. Okay, it's, it could it's be, a story could of be Jesus. in Lusk. It could be in Lusk. It yeah. could be in Fingless West <laughs> yeah. in 1937. Or it could be in you know, the mountains of Montalbano in 1846. <laughs> it's up to the director. Okay. This director had a vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it went across the ages, across oh, time. No way. Brilliant. Yeah. So some of us were characters, some of them were Egyptians, some of them were modern. It was mental, mm. utterly mental. <laughs> uh, and anyway, there was, a, there was a part going in the show. There was one part they hadn't cast and uh, involved a few lines and a song, like a song yeah. song. Oh, yeah. and, and the last song, oh, God, you go, bro. So I went for it and I got it. Mm. And uh, so I had... Yeah, what's the part? <laughs> the part was... Uh, the song was called We Beseech Thee. Yeah? Yeah. I know, it's great. Um, <laughs> I can tell by your face and <laughs> your eyes gloss well, over. I'm going to ask you to sing a bit. Oh, no. Not Go a on. Jesus hope. But I was playing... Mm. I was dressed as a Roman centurion. Ah. So after a couple of months of rehearsals... Can you can see, see it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> After a couple of months of rehearsals, then open the night arrived, and as I said, we played football. We started our own football team actually in the in the AOL out in Rohini. Mm. We had about thirty lads. We were training twice a week. We were playing Saturdays and Sundays. Loved it, and uh, we were called Red Star Limewood. 
Wow. The name of the road I was from was Limewood. Limewood, yeah, Red Star. We were called Red Star Limewood. Nice. Very, it, took, it took minutes it's, it's to come good. up with it. Yeah, it took minutes. Good. Isn't there, a, there's a team uh, in Navan and their ground is called uh, Orchestral Maneuvers in the Park. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, Joe? Going off on a tangent, people are so creative. Uh, I, I run a fantasy football league every year. You know, just my own league and part of the Premiership thing. I love it. And the names yeah. people come up with yeah. for sides, and there's two that stick out in my, in my mind. Yeah. A good pal of mine is from Navin. His team were called, <laughs> they were called Mead the Fuckers. Really? So Mead the Fuckers. <laughs> and then another pal of mine had... Uh, he he had a team called Junior Bacchus with breast. Oh, so no, a snack box with a breast. Junior Bacchus with breast. What, the, what were we talking about? Do I was a centurion? Yeah. Good, yeah. So yeah, Junior Bacchus with breast. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So uh, yeah. So anyway, I'm a Roman centurion. Yeah. And I opened the night. All the football team were there. Yeah. Front row. And you're expecting a bit of a slag. I'm it. shitting myself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in a frock. I'm in, yeah. in I'm in think of the life of Brian. I'm in that mm. that uniform that mm. with a spear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and I have to sing the song. Yeah. But it went great and I yeah, never yeah. I never forget <clears throat> that that the feeling feeling of coming out at that at the end of the night and taking a bow. People weren't throwing things at me. Mm. And I thought, Jesus, this is good, isn't it? Mm. And uh, and then from there I kind of uh, started doing plays with them. You know, and then pantos, and then you're getting a real, real variation of things. Yeah. And uh, sorry, what kind of John, John B. Keen type stuff, or you everything know, and yeah. anything? Yeah, we, we we would do the play on the stars. We would do yeah anything and everything. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. There was a committee that ran as there are in every music society, the committee that ran the, the the company, and they would choose the show. But they yeah. would always choose. We always thought they chose kind of old fashioned stuff, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and yeah. You know, guys and dolls, which are great shows, but mm. we wanted to do different stuff. So eventually, we managed to usurp the committee, get rid of all the old fogies that we called them at the time. They're all still yeah. our pals, like even yeah. now. Yeah, and we got onto the committee. Then we started thinking we'd do some real funky stuff. We said, like, we we wanted to do West Side Story. Why? Because it's the greatest music ever written. It's the best, lo- greatest love story ever written. It's based on Romeo and Juliet. Blah blah blah. Mm. Mm. Uh, but then we started picking our own plays. Like we were doing One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Mm. In the school hall and even wow. more, you know. And, 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 and I played Mac Murphy. You, did you? Oh, wow. Jesus, ridiculous casting. I was yeah. only 27 or something. My friend Ian Coppinger did uh, uh, a, a production of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With, with Brendan um, Dempsey and all them, yeah, wasn't it? And, yeah. uh, Christian Slater was the... That's right, he played Mac, Mac Murphy, yeah. yeah. What a so. great play. What a part. They're all yeah. good parts in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like we were doing this, this, this in the school hall and needing more. But I remember when we were doing them, I remember that I, I still get that feeling when I close my eyes and think of it of, we may as well have been in the West End. Yeah. Because that's, that's how seriously we took it. And you couldn't get a seat in that. There was 300 seats. We used to put extra chairs out. Yeah. People would be standing down the sides of the hall. Yeah. You're thinking, really? Wow. It was un- and we used to have the most incredible parties then. Piss-ups. Yeah. Because yeah. the show would only be on for a week. Mm-hmm. And on the Saturday night, we'd, we'd have an absolute blowout of a party. Mm. Like, I mean, you, three days wiped out. Yeah. Really. One of those ones. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. And then the um, next week, you'd pick another show and start again. And but it was great training, Joe, because we got to do everything in terms of we were building the sets, we were painting the sets, mm-hmm. we were hanging the lights, we mm-hmm. were doing the sound, we were sorting costumes, trying to find props, uh and on the Sunday, I remember, I remember the shows used to finish on a Saturday night and we'd have a party. We'd go over to the local and then we'd all come back to the school hall and have a party. Mm. And uh, there could be 100 people at the party and we'd have food and gargle and you know, it, would, it would be 7, 8 o'clock Sunday morning then mm. by the time the last people left. But at 12 o'clock on the Sunday afternoon, we all came back and we took the set down, we put it under the stage, we took all the lights down, right. cleaned the hall because there was school on Monday morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was so, a real training. So that's yeah. kind of grounds you as an actor for oh, the rest Jesus. of your... Oh, Jesus, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it also yeah. gives you an appreciation of what goes into a production. Yeah. You know, up to that, I hadn't been, I hadn't been a theatre-goer, you know, up to mm. doing stuff. I'm still not a theatre-goer. It's brutal. I don't go, Jesus, I'm brutal. Really? Oh, terrible. Terrible. But and I get invited to stuff, what? I can't be arsed. Yeah. Look, life gets in the way, you know what I mean? Yeah. I've, I've got three kids <clears throat> and, you know, it's it's mayhem. It's interesting you say um, 
Because I am not a good theatre goer. And if one problem, I just don't get, very seldom get uh, lifted away like I'm... Escapism. Like in a movie. It, you, is it because you can see the strings? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm always aware I'm watching yeah, people Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I, I do get, the only time I would get taken away, funny enough, would be maybe on Broadway watching mm. a musical. Because mm. that's just pure escapism. You can be taken away there. Um, and I've seen some incredible stuff. From, like, I remember the last time it was a couple of years ago in, in New York, I saw Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Remember the movie? Yeah, yeah. Steve Martin and... Uh, uh, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Yeah. One of my favourite movies of all time. Yeah. They turned into a musical and I thought, oh, Jesus, really? Mm. I went to it, Jesus, laughed my arse off for two and a half hours. I was completely taken away. Mm. I, and that's what I adore about musical theatre. Because everybody, everybody will agree with me that you cannot beat the sound of a live band. Yeah, <clears throat> a live orchestra. Mm. That's why I mean, musical theatre is my, still my passion. Mm. I love directing them. I love being in them. It's just, it's pure escapism because music mm. is so connected to emotion. Yeah, you know, watch any of your favourite movies, any of your f- top five movies. You know, if you hear a piece of music on the radio from that movie, it takes you oh, straight there. Absolutely, yeah. And it just yeah. <clears throat> it um. It lifts the emotional connection to what you're watching. Um, and any Morricone, for example. I mean, well, there you go. I mean, would any of those films be what they are without that music? No, absolutely not. You yeah. took the Lauren Hardy soundtrack in any of those films. It's a different movie. Yeah, <laughs> fully enough. <laughs> I'd like to see that actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> as he comes over to it. <laughs> that would be interesting. Uh, that actually, was not, now that's an idea. Let's do that. I tell you what, put it on. That's where Steve Jobs started. Ideas like that. <laughs> It'll be in the Sugar Club, I know. Yeah, yeah. live. <laughs> yeah. A live screening of an ending many on Morricone's season. That would be amazing. A full orchestra playing, playing the, the wrong the... soundtrack to the... <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. Like playing the soundtrack to Home We're Alone. A few dollars more with the soundtrack of Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Or, or, or meet, 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 meet the parents with the yeah. soundtrack of Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different amazing. movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But okay. that's why I look. I, I, but as I say, I don't go to the theatre. It's terrible. Mm. Terrible. I went to see uh, that uh, play, uh, the story of the dog in the night time. Do you know that one about yes, the young yeah, boy yeah, yeah. in the the uh, gas place? And um, it's a gas place. The gas theatre. The gas place. The gas theatre. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. 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 And um, <clears throat> I was uh, when it started. I went. Oh God, there's no uh, volume on the. The, they're not using mics. The voice yeah. was really tiny. Mm-hmm. And when you're used to watching a movie where it's like... I know, yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, yeah. what did you see? And it's yeah. the whole... Place. It's whispered. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, it, was, it was hard to get with it for a while. It's strange, that, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. yes, you can't put a mic on an actor in a play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's just... I've never worn a mic in a play. Yeah. You just can't. And I, we played big venues. Like we did Stones, obviously, in London. And, mm. But uh, it changes mm. the dynamic of it completely. Right, yeah. I yeah. haven't seen that play, though. Is it any good? It is good. Uh, the set is amazing as yeah. well. I don't know you, if you say the set is amazing, it usually means it's not a good play. Yeah. But. <laughs> I came out of that show humming the costumes. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> but the set is amazing because it's a cube with lots of uh, squares and they light up to, to give you the idea it? of his mind. Because he's kind of... Well, they don't say he's autistic, but yeah, the yeah. the main character, but he's he is yeah. probably, yeah. and um, he sees lines all the time. Where he, when he was, when he's in the tube, he because he runs away from it's home, um, so the visuals have to. Anyway, yeah, let's talk about you. You're <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, more interesting. I don't know, but your um, mm. dad was involved. My my dad was in the show bands. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. In yeah. the in the sixties and seventies. Play, he played clarinet, played saxophone, and he was lead singer of mm. a, a band called the Rebel Show Band. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's only one image of them <laughs> surviving mm. <laughs> online because I've, I've, my brother, my sister have tried to find stuff, you know, because mm. my dad passed away in '96, mm. and Dave, my brother, has his clarinet, and I have a saxophone. It's a gorgeous thing, gorgeous, gorgeous thing. And I have it in a case under, in, in its case, in the bed, <clears throat> under the bed, in the bed. <laughs> But if you open it, the smell of it. Yeah. And all the reeds are there and it's the stubby pencil for marking the charts and the rag for cleaning the thing and the yoke for cleaning the mouthpiece. It's just gorgeous. Yeah. <coughs> it's, and it's, 
It's tactile. You knew about show business as well then. It kind of, you yeah. grew up with the idea. I don't know, no, I don't think so. No. I think we were, there was always music in the house. Um, but we were never, my dad never had any, never said, I want you all to be in show business. Or what, what he did want is he wanted one of us to take up a musical instrument. Mm. And uh, I was the eldest son, so it kind of fell to me first. And I was asthmatic as a child, so he, mm. thought, he probably thought, well, clarinet and sax not good because they're wind instruments mm. you know you need power there and so he gave me a guitar when I was about 8 or 9 I think mm. and by the age of 11 I was teaching guitar I just talked to us yeah. and then God be good to him he put me through he spent a fortune he put me through the Royal Irish Academy of Music mm. classical guitar wow. private lessons yeah and uh, I loved it for the first year and uh, this Israeli woman was my teacher she was an amazing teacher but first thing she would do when you come in I was only about 13 maybe 12 or 13 she'd check your right hand because you weren't allowed you weren't allowed to bite your nails in your right hand because that was your okay for playing the uh, strings plucking the strings and if you'd bitten your finger she'd slap the wrist off you with a ruler you know oh Jesus and I gave it up because I got to 14 and discovered young ones yeah you know and then it was the that's one of the biggest regrets I ever had is I put it down put the guitar down now I can still play a tune did you not know that young ones love a fella who can play guitar now I, now I do <laughs> now I'm in my early 30s now I realise yeah, that you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he did so he did want one of us yeah. to that's cool. play an instrument or something and did you know you had that <clears> voice <throat> I mean you've got a really good voice no I hadn't a clue no? I haven't got a good voice I haven't ah. got a West End voice you know I haven't got a Broadway voice I can sing a tune and get away with it Um, mm. but well, I- no, nah. you have a good voice. I've heard you sing it with the. You're very, you're very kind, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> you're either drunk or hungover, but no. Um, but he and he used to come and see the shows then because my mother died. She was even younger. She died when I was nineteen. She was only fifty when she died. Yeah. <clears throat> so, my mum never even saw me doing any any amateur stuff, mm. but my dad saw me doing a few amateur shows, you know. Mm. And uh, he was a man of few words, you know. He would he would uh, he wouldn't give you a review. You know, but he just come in the next day and say, "That was very good, yeah." That was it, but that was a good review. Yeah, that is. That was very good. That yeah. was a brilliant review. You know. Mm. Yeah. So, I, but then he they, never saw me doing that professionally. That's kind of sad, isn't it? Ah, it's desperate. It's mm. desperate, you know. But mm. um, look, they haven't seen any of my. They've missed all my life events. All of all my family, you know, missed all our weddings, the grandkids being born. Mm. They've missed all of that. So. You know, it'd be selfish of me to think, Jesus, they missed my opening night in the West End. Who gives a shit? They missed me and my brother getting married and they missed their grandkids. That's more important, mm, mm. you know, so. Mm. But yeah, he 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 toured, he he did a stint in the States, me outlaw. And um, my man and him were engaged at the time because he was a printer by trade, Joe, Wharton Smurfords of Botanic Road. <clears throat> and my mother was a receptionist. That's where they met. Ah, and uh, they were engaged for seven years. Now, back in the day, that's a long engagement. Mm. So I remember we were saying, why? Mm. Why were they engaged for long? It was because he was away. He was gigging. Okay. And I think he had itchy feet in terms of settling down because he went to America. They, they did a, a six-week residency in a place called the Hayes Hotel. I think it was called New York. That's something else, isn't it? Yeah. Considering he was still working. Oh, right? working during the day. Yeah, yeah. And his pub story was that apparently Sinatra played two nights on, in the, on the same bill. Mm. in the hotel how true it is I don't know but it was his story and he stuck to it mm. <clears throat> and one thing I said to my dad he gave, he gave me my love of Sinatra Sinatra to, is an idol to me yeah in fact I still remember I was thinking about it last night actually bizarrely I remember where I was the day Sinatra died that's oh, really? bizarre isn't it yeah I was driving to RTE it was a Friday morning and mm. I used to do a, 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 a daily soap called uh, Convenience Corner he used to be yeah. on after the Gayborn show 10 to 1 before the 1 o'clock news took over from Harbour Hotel All that's right. slot yeah, yeah. I used to be in every Friday morning mm. and record the five episodes for the following week mm-hmm. it was on every day <clears throat> and I'll never forget I was driving to work Friday morning and uh, Jerry Ryan God bless him he was on and he broke the news and I remember I was coming up to the East Link Bridge and I was in bits really I went through the East Link Bridge I pulled in there at the yacht club. Yeah. And he played my way, Jerry. I was in fucking floods. Wow. Floods. Wow. I think it was raw because it wasn't long after my own dad died. Okay. But okay. then I, just the connection. And just, the connection. And just Sinatra. Yeah. To me. Well, what a amazing. life. Mm. Oscar winning actor, you mm. know. And 
he can tell a story with his voice. I mean... Oh, nobody phrases a song. Yeah. Nobody has done or will do again. Mm. The way he... Fra- all the musicians, all the top, you know, proper musicians and singers hold him universally in such a high regard. Mm. From such a broad genre, punk rockers, and they all, everybody mm. knew, knows Snatcher, and everybody rated him. He was, I've never heard someone um, nah, no, I know it a bit, nah, I didn't like him. Yeah. I know when um, Joy Division were recording Love Will Tear Us Apart, mm-hmm. the, the, uh, uh, Ian Curtis was told, try to be like Sinatra for that song. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because he's done dark stuff, Sinatra, you oh, know. absolutely. Like, set him but he was, the first, he was the first man to yeah. ever come up with a concept album. Mm. It, yes, yeah. He, he was the first man to do it. And, and I remember at the time, well, I don't remember the time because it was the 60s, but I remember reading about it at the time and he was saying that, they, they were saying, what, what, what's the concept? What, a concept album? Mm. What do you mean a concept? Mm. What is a theme to it? <clears throat> and what's the concept with this album, Frank? And he said, <clears throat> the concept is invite a woman for dinner to your apartment, put the album on and start at the start. And the album was written in a way that where it was the romantic, happy, clappy kind of stuff It started. Then it started to get down to the slow stuff like something stupid. And, uh, mm. and he said, by the time the album's finished, you'll be in bed with her. That's fantastic. That was the concept. Yeah. But started at the start and have your dinner in the apartment with her and yeah. it's all ba 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 all bubbly yeah. lovely. And then it's but then they do then you're into the get up the yard. Yeah. <laughs> and he said by the, which I think was track C Get up the yard. <laughs> get up the yard by Sinatra. <laughs> yeah. With uh, Nelson Riddle. <laughs> you're the Tommy Dorsey orchestra. <laughs> get up, get up the, the yard. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of that yeah. garden. <laughs> you bleeding plank. <laughs> uh, but he said by the end of the album, you'll be a member. Yeah, that's So that was the first concept album. But anyway, my mm. from my dad had been in New York and, and mm. played two nights with him, apparently. Mm. And uh, he actually wrote to me, man, from New York. I, I was saying it before, and those old letters he used to get, which was mm. a one page sheet that folded into an airmail envelope with the red and blue and white oh, stripes yeah. on it. And he wrote her and said, come over here. Let's get married in America. America mm. is, you know, just mm. New York, obviously, blue as mine. Mm. And she said, no, come home. So he came home. Yes. Uh, yeah. And I think he also gave him, maybe he gave him my love in New York. New love of, I love America. Yeah. New York. Mm. Yeah, it's a great city. Ah, I remember first time I went, I had just done my first big film. Yeah. It was an American TV production. Of David Copperfield, yeah, with Sally Field, and that that is like fairly early on. And you, you got that part four months into being four a professional months actor. Into being a professional actor, you yeah. get a part. Landed this, yeah, that's unbelievable. And ultimately, a thing that nobody ever saw, but we were paid it's, a fortune for it. Yeah, Michael Richards, who played Kramer in Seinfeld, he was in it. He really, played, he played Mister Micawber. Yeah. Can you imagine, at what point at that casting meeting does someone go, "Hey, you know who's right for Mister Micawber? Who, oh, Kramer?" Give me the phone, Charlie. It's a great idea. <laughs> hey, Cosmo. Okay. I mean, I know. Charlie. You're going to come in the door and you're going to... I swear to God. Be. I swear to God we did a scene. This is true as it got, right? Yeah. He had his head shaved for yeah. the part, right? Really nice man. Yeah. Absolutely great guy. And we were doing a dinner scene, right? And it's period costume and it's Charles Dickens and it's all very... It's all talking like that. And we're all sitting down. It's this big roast beef mm. dinner. And Mr. McCorba which is his, mm. his character, comes into the room. And he's pontificating about this, that and the other, and he's walking around the table as directed, directed by Peter Medic, who directed Species, like huge director. Yeah. And uh, this huge scene, this, and he was directing, he said, now when you come here, then say that, and then lean against the fire, please, maybe, and do the whole thing. He was Welsh, clearly, as you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> he's Hungarian, I think he was, yeah. but... Um, so he said, Michael said, well, yeah, I think I might lean on the fireplace here and say this bit, and then I'll move on. He, yes, wonderful, do it, yeah, wonderful. Mm-hmm. So he's doing the whole, and there's candles on the fireplace that are lit, because mm-hmm. it's of the time. Yeah. And of course, in the first take, he's done rehearsing, he's leant on the fireplace, and everybody's, but on the first take, he goes yeah. and he goes, yeah! <laughs> he, he does that Kramer, uh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. double thing, because candles burnt him. <laughs> so they worked it out and hardy again. Oh, brilliant. But uh, yeah, so anyway, yeah. I did that movie. You're in New York. And I had 18 days on it, and we got paid a ridiculous amount of money. Mm. And I remember driving down Pier Street uh, about three weeks before Christmas, just after the movie had finished. 
Mm. And do you remember that place that used to be there on the right, underneath the bridge in Pear Street, American Holidays? Yeah. Remember that? Uh, Shop. So. Funny enough, they sold holidays in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, so I was sitting in traffic and went, I just bought myself a new car. Like, this is how much money I had. Mm. I pulled up onto the path and I rang my mate, Collie, and I said, Collie, do you want to go to New York for Christmas? Yeah. And he said, yeah, it'd be great. He said, but I haven't a washer. You know what I mean? Mm. I, I said, don't worry about it. Went in, bought two plane tickets. Stevens's day we flew out to New York we drove we drove around New York in a limo oh wow <laughs> it was was it snowing it was snowing yeah Rockefeller Plaza the first I could still it's bringing tears to my eyes the first time I walked on to Times Square at night yeah oh just wow. that yeah, yeah and the guy playing the drums and the Superman mm. and the naked cowboy and mm. insa- insanity oh that's brilliant yeah. it was incredible and I, f- I utterly fell in love with the place and mm. I've been back we we went every year then for three years on Stevens' day. We were there for the Millennium yeah. New Year's Eve thing. We used oh, to stay wow. for New Year's Eve. Brilliant. And and the people are amazing. I love the rudeness. <sighs> I love. Watch where you're going. What Get are you doing? What are you stupid? <laughs> yeah. Come on, I'm walking. Yeah. I just love all that. Yeah, it is great. Whereas in LA, it's completely different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But in New York, I find that you can dive. In, in LA, there's nowhere to go. It's mm. it's the city is built. Mm. on that business on the entertainment business mm. every coffee shop you're in every bar you're in the waiter the bus boy they're all actors writers producers every conversation because the first mm. time I went to LA I was there for seven weeks on my own so I spent a lot of time on my own so I was having breakfast lunch and dinner out and about but every conversation was about money about an actress about finance about script about a producer mm. not getting away from it yeah, yeah. whereas in New York you dip over go mm. to Little Italy but the thing I find about New York is every corner you turn is a film set. You go, jeez, oh, mm. that's the thing out of New York. Like Grand Central Station. Mm. The first time I went there, my head nearly blew off. Because mm. oh, I'm looking at the staircase, I'm thinking, yeah. that's the untouchables, where the pram comes down the stairs. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and there's that. And, yeah, and the other walk film out. that Robin Williams was in as well. Yeah, uh, The Fisher King. Yeah, yeah. where everyone and starts then dancing. The first time I was there, because yeah. my mate Collie had been, and we got the train in from Yonkers, because we stayed in Yonkers. Into Grand Central, and Collie said to me, Listen, so he said, It's gonna blow your head, this mm. place. Mm. He said, But when we walk out of Grand Central and we walk up towards Times Square, he said, Don't be a paddy, don't go, don't look up, just look at the size <laughs> of the buildings. I said, No, I won't. Jesus <laughs> Christ, I'm not 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I get out of Grand Central and walk up and go, Jesus, look know. at the height of that. I know, because it's ridiculous. How's that? How is that standing? <laughs> so close to the other one. Yeah, it's yeah. you can and you can it's, just spot the gillies and spot the tourists you, a mile away. But yeah, you have to do it. You have to you do have it. You have to look up. And I remember mm. on that walk up from Grand Central up to Times Square, mm. we had just done a production of Cabaret um, at home, an amateur production, mm. one of my favourite shows. Actually, the show where I met my wife. Mm. And the Cabaret is such a dark musical, and it's you know. It's about Sally Bowles and, uh, you know, she sings that song, Life is a Cabaret, after having an abortion. It's mm. such a heavy show. It's gorgeous. And it's set in the Kit Kat Club in Berlin in 1930. It's just... Nazis are... Yeah, and on that walk from Grand Central up to mm. Times Square, I passed the Kit Kat Club. Yeah. There was a Kit Kat Club and it had the same signage. Yeah. I, I mean, I, mean, I thought... Did they, did they know I was coming? Yeah. Have they put that here? Yeah. It was. It just blew my head. Yeah. I adore and it. Is your wife uh, an actor? Then she was. A, she, no, yeah. no. She was a dancer. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, she'd uh, she'd left school and studied dance, jazz, tap, mm. and ballet. She's a wonderful mm. dancer. And she, uh, we were doing a production of cabaret that mm. I was directing. Mm. Excuse me. And um, and she came in to audition for as a dancer. Mm. And uh, as soon as I saw her, I thought, holy moly. God bless her, she's eight years younger than me. And mm-hmm. She's eight years younger than me and she's a dancer, Joe. I don't really need to Sounds, go any further. I know. You know, I know. The, you know where I'm going I with this. I haven't met her, but I Yeah, can, well, yeah. I know you want to. Um, <laughs> or at least a photograph of her. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that's where we mm. met. Um, that's cool. And even to the... Uh, how much that that society, that group means to, to me and to Lisa... Mm-hmm. Is, is easily explained. It, the group we were in was called Cameron Musical and Dramatic Society. Mm. 
And it was named Cameron Musical Dramatic Society because the estate, the area that that was from originally in Rohini was called Cameron Estate. Mm-hmm. My parents' address used to be number 365 Cameron Estate. Okay. And then over the years, then they split it up. There was Airfield, that was Edenmore, that mm-hmm. was Rohini, that was Lionwood, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it was called Cameron Musical Dramatic Society. Our first child is called Cameron. Yeah. Yeah, because that's where we met. Mm. Yeah, that's, what it, that's how much it meant. That's to good. us, and also it's a nod to my mum and dad. That's where they lived. It was their street? It was their address? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, that's amazing. And we're still involved. Well, Lisa's got Lisa. Obviously, since having the kids, mm. she's she does still does shows. Mm-hmm. Hasn't done one in a couple of years, um, but she's done a lot of stuff in the National Concert Hall in terms of operas and that. She comes in as part of an ensemble with dancers, and if there's an ensemble piece that's needed in an opera, yeah, certain directors will use Lisa and certain girls to go in. And they don't get paid for it. They, this is for the love of it. Really? Oh yeah, these are it's, they're amateurs, still amateurs. That is amazing. That's incredible. Mm. You're giving up your time, mm. and uh, that that's amazing. Just the love of being on oh, stage and performing. Because you know what it's like, Joe. It's just a well, you, you, that's how you start. Yeah, and sometimes you forget that then when you become well, the, a professional. I think the key to it is just to try and remember that. Yeah, try and stay. Yeah, yeah. Try and they always they say that about footballers. You know, yeah. <clears throat> just go out and play. Just do what you do. Yeah, show me why you're here. Mm-hmm. You know, show me why I signed you from. Forest, yeah, or from wherever, yeah. Do that. Go out uh, <clears throat> and do it for the love of the game, because that's when you were at your best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when you were fresh. You, you do have to keep reminding yourself. I think. But, well, see, that's yeah. the well, that's the that's the beauty and the tough thing about this job, this business mm. that we exist in, mm-hmm. is that you. I, I think I told you a story, but a great life lesson, an acting lesson I got from an actress was we were doing this movie called uh, Zonad. Yeah. Yes, I haven't seen it actually. Yeah, it's but this, it, it, this old chestnut. Yeah, it's, it's, you're an alien. Yeah. I was an alcoholic pretending to be an alien living in the west of Ireland. Oh, okay. Yeah, you've seen that movie dozens <laughs> of times. <laughs> Again, how do you? Can you imagine that pitch meeting? I What's your idea, lads? Yeah, what do you got? So I went. So there's an alcoholic, right? And he's an alien living in Bally Armpit in the west of Ireland. Great. How much you guys need? It's uh, E.T. meets... Uh, meets what? I don't know. What's it? Exactly. Alcohol- Glenn Rowe? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. we're doing this movie and I was I was playing Zona and da 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 and there was a, uh, an actress in it uh, called uh, Janice. Janice was great in the movie. Her first movie. Mm-hmm. And it was her, her, first, her first gig actually out of drama school. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, on the first day, she had a particularly difficult day. It was like big scenes, and I could see her, you know, talking to herself and building herself up. And and I said to her, um, I said, "You don't want me to ask you. You seem to be repeating something to yourself. It seems sounds like a mantra almost. Mm-hmm. What do you mind me asking?" She said, "No." She said, "I'm just remembering something one of my drama teachers taught me mm-hmm. or told us um, about acting." And and she he, she said he said that. You should always repeat five words to yourself before you walk on stage or into a scene or on the set or whatever. And I said, what are the five words? <clears throat> and she said, this has never happened before. Oh. And I thought, that's very clever. Mm. That's very, because particularly when you're filming, as you know, mm. you have to do it again and again and then again and again and maybe again. And then when they get it, you do it again yeah, and again. And I've used that. And each time you do, you have you to... Say to yourself, this is never happened before. This is never happened before, yeah. But you use it on stage as well. Yeah. And that's, again, another... another uh, where, when this became a job for me, when it became work, mm. was when I made my West End debut and did Stones in His Pockets in London. Jesus, mm. that was work. Because, <clears throat> because you, you were doing... Eight, eight shows a week. Eight shows a week. And now, it was a particularly tough show because it's two actors, but you're playing, and you're playing 36 parts. parts. There's yeah. no set... No costumes, you're playing young men, old men, young women, old women, Americans, Irish, Scottish, English. You know, we were doing Irish dance sequences. Yeah. It was a roast. Yeah. An utter joy to play, but a roast. Mm-hmm. Um, but about two weeks into that, I realised, Jesus, wept. This is hard work. This is work. Because yeah. you know, I I'd literally just got on the train doing it and going home and... Because I remember I'd come up background of amateur so every night after the show you'd have a pint maybe. Yeah. Because you're only on for a week. Yeah. You know, and then Saturday night you'd tear the arse out and go mental. This couldn't be done. There was a Saturday night every week in London but you couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. You just couldn't do you it. You had to be A, because you'd done two shows there. that day you were exhausted. Yeah. And, and, now, and <clears throat> when you do a show that much are you uh, all is every performance in the how do you keep it in the moment every well, it, performance it, it or does some just It has to be it was, it, yeah. I, I've come across these terms 
again when since I turned pro and I remember mm. rehearsing for my first professional play I can't remember what it was but the first time I got I paid for a play mm. I can't remember but we got to the end of rehearsals and we did a tech he did a day's get in then did a technical rehearsal mm. and then we did the first dress rehearsal we were open the next night and the director came in and he said right the show is frozen now that's it let's photocopy that and I thought well so that's the show yeah that's it that's the show that he wants. And you don't change it. Don't change it. Now, within certain parameters and within certain shows, you can change it. Yeah. But, <clears throat> for example, say if there was a production of The Plough and the Stars in the Abbey. If you go and see that on Monday night yeah. and go and see it on Wednesday afternoon, it'll be the same show. Down to the point where she, he picks up his teacup, yeah. puts it down. And that's fair enough because people are paying the same money to come and see the same show mm. whereas with stand-up it's different with panto it's different you know you, there's room to you breathe because you break move. the fourth yeah. wall yeah. <clears throat> but with something like Stones that had to be frozen that had to be identical every single night mm. because the other guy was dependent on you so much mm-hmm. particularly because it was such a physical show I needed to close my eyes and I could tell you where he was standing on the stage and where his right hand was and where his left hand was because mm. it was crucial because I was going to run towards when a minute. Yeah, I understand you know. that, but how does that not then become robotic? Or it does become robotic, but it becomes that becomes the work part of it. Right. The actual performance of it is still a joy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's telling your brain, "Come on, keep going, do it again." That's it. Yeah. And bear in mind, now on a Thursday, you mm. do the show at three thirty, and you'd be taking about whatever six o'clock, mm. and we wouldn't even get out of the costumes. We'd walk off, you'd change your shirt maybe, have a mm. cup of tea and a sandwich. And back in. And back on again, do it all again. For a brand new house, you've mm. got to see the same mm. show. And they've never seen it before. Correct. So. This has never happened before, yeah. and they have never seen it before. Mm. 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 That's the discipline. That's what's not surprised me or shocked me, mm. but challenged me. I thought, this is going to require discipline now. And it did, and I did it for, I didn't need a thousand performances of it, all told. Ended up having surgery after it on my knee. It was in bits. Yeah. <clears throat> Amazing. And Mentally, does it not drive you. No, ins- mentally, no. no. And the strange thing, mm. I was talking to somebody about it recently, um, about learning lines and mm. memorizing stuff. And, and I'm like, I wouldn't read. I didn't wouldn't read a book in school. Mm. Brutal, bone idle. Jesus, brains to born, but mm. couldn't be arsed because mm. it didn't engage me. Yeah, but he had me a script, and I, I'm convinced now that I have a photographic memory because I really only need to read something once. Had yeah. a push twice, and bang, it's in. But the bizarre thing is, what I've discovered as well is that how you can, what what this business does to your memory mm. and the different types of memory, short term and long term memory, mm. because you know this, you you if I was filming last week doing a little thing mm. last week, I couldn't tell you what I said on set. Yeah, yeah. But I can quite happily now sit here and perform Stones pockets for you, start to finish. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's in there. You've had to not just memorize it, but send it to the, that part of your brain that needs to retain it. Yeah. Whereas when you're filming, yeah, I need to hold this for an hour and, and then, then boom, go. let it go. Now, and not just let it go, but get rid of it and make space for the next bit you have to learn. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's True. an incredible machine, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And come here, the, the first time I was aware of you, I'd say, probably was Bachelor's Walk. Mm. How far into your professional career then are you? That like wasn't that? too far. I'd done a couple of plays. I mean, yeah. Maybe a couple of years. I'd done a and, couple of plays and I don't think I'd done any... I'd done a short film um, and li- that literally was just yeah. came to the normal process of an audition thing. Yeah. But bearing in mind that going back, this would have been 1997, 98, I had the arse in my trousers. Like we, I hadn't got a phone. My agent gave me a pager. Oh, really? A beeper? A, a, be- no, yeah. a beeper job, yeah. Because yeah. well, we hadn't got a phone in the house. We had a pay phone in the house. Well, this was... We had, this was after my mum and dad had been gone for a long time. Yeah. My brother was away in Germany working. It was only me and my two sisters. My sister was still in... The youngest sister was still in school. Yeah. You're still in and the, I'd left a job, a real job. Right, I was driving right, a van for them and I'd left that to become an actor. So we had the arse in our trousers. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I got this audition and, and I went down and met, uh, met two of the writers, John Carney and Tom Hall, <clears throat> down at Maureen Hughes' house in Sandy Mountain. Mm. And I was auditioning for the part of a shopkeeper or something in a pilot. All right, so the, you weren't one of the main. No, okay. I'd read the script. I thought it was a brilliant script. Mm, I thought, mm. Jesus, this is good. Now, the pilot was different mm. from what we eventually saw on Teddy mm. in terms of there were three girls in the house as well. Kind of like Friends, it was three lads, three uh, girls. Cold feet? Yes, co- kind of exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was just a great script, very funny script. And, yeah. you know, uh, and I went mm. down and auditioned for this part. And 
just I was with, with the guys for about an hour. I was doing Dutch accents and we just we just started just, messing we, around. just the gobshites. Yeah. You know, we were laughing. You know. And anyway, uh, it's great when an audition becomes that. It's great. It's great when the director gives you freedom. That's yeah, what I always try and do that as well yeah, when, yeah. when I'm auditioning people. Yeah, know, give them give them a chance. Yeah, and uh, someone spoke to us there, Joe. That was very weird, wasn't it? I don't know what that was. No, I don't. It sounded like the. It actually sounded like the computer was talking to us. It, it did. It, it went. Yeah. Oh, hi. Yeah. Didn't it? <laughs> I know. Did. Uh, Rewind anyway, this podcast um, now. See if you can hear it. And there's a prize. Yeah. Anyway, uh, something you know, happened there anyway. Something doesn't but, matter. But it's, it's still going. It's, That's the main it's thing. It's all on tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, we're home. Uh, so, uh, yeah, read the script and then got a, got a, got a beep on my beeper. Then I got the, and she said, ran around to a payphone, rang my agents. Mm. She said, yeah, that batch was bought. Thing you got it? I said, great. Played a shopkeeper. And she said, no, no. I said, they wanted to play uh, Michael. I said, Michael, one of the, like one of the bachelors, one of the three lads. She said, yeah, yeah I thought, great. And of course, being a pilot, <clears throat> we weren't paid so it was a free gig yeah and we shot it for a week a week or eight days in, a, in a, an apartment on Bachelor's Walk yeah had Greg Crack connected with the with the boys who wrote us mm. John Kearney who wrote us and directed us we instantly connected on Sinatra on the level of Sinatra oh right yeah, yeah. he introduced me to some Sinatra material I'd never heard and then fell in love with and and our love for Sinatra has survived to this day. He's like he used. If, I don't know whether you remember that much or not, but at the end of the third series of Bachelor's Walk, when the three of us parted company for the last time, mm. the last shot of the series was the three of us walking up the keys together, mm. and then we split. He went the north side of the keys, I went south side, and over that was Sinatra singing a song called "Here's to the Losers." Oh, like, you couldn't handpick a better song yeah, yeah, for that yeah. moment because mm. they were losers. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> You know, they were losers. Well, I guess. Lovable. They were losers. They lost in love. They lost in life. But, Jesus, they tried, you know. I think that's why it was so successful because people recognised, not themselves, but everybody had a mate like them. Everybody had a mate like Bob Barry. Well, people would Michael, say I have a mate Michael. like that, even that if they is there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it just yeah. seemed to catch... And, you know, a lot of us grew up, uh, moved to Dublin in our 20s. I hung out with people and we were trying to find our way. Very similar to those Absolutely, guys. Absolutely, yeah. And that, and, that was and, it. They just got mm, together and mm. tried to get on with it. And they, they, were, they always had the, the best interests at heart. Mm. They, mm. Weren't, they weren't bad people. Like my character, he was just bone idle. Mm. He just liked drinking, smoking and going mm. to the bookies. But, you, but you there know. was never a thing like that on, on Irish TV where we no. saw that kind of pe- those kind of people. Well, it was the first time who, we saw Dublin on screen. Yeah, because yeah. A, a real Dublin. Yeah, well, the only, we saw only this kind fair of, city, which, yeah, you which, know, when someone closed the door, flapped. Yeah. You know, uh, which parts of Dublin do do that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've, stayed, <laughs> I've lived in those flats. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but it was the first time we saw mm-hmm. Dublin. I mean, Dublin was, I remember a journalist at the time writing a story about a review of it. Bachelor's mm. Walk and he said I live in Bachelor's Walk but I wish I lived in their Bachelor's Walk because uh. he said it looks like Paris just the way it was shot it just looked amazing yeah 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 and at the time you know for Irish drama for RT drama like mm. there was Bachelor's Walk there was Paths of Freedom yeah, there was Ferris's Wedding stuff that just broke the kind of mould yeah and, and I think it raised the bar yeah. for what came in after it um have we got there again since though? I don't know. In I'm terms not of sure. I've not seen something like Bachelor's <clears throat> Walk again as good. I mean, because that was comedy drama. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, dramedy. Is that, or crama, what do you call it? I don't know. Crama <laughs> mummedy. Anyway. Um, no, I've not seen that and it's good. <laughs> it's strange, so, isn't it? And because it's, it's 15 years. Yeah. 16 years. I mean, there's been good drama, there's love, hate, and all that. But, absolutely. but no, never the, the, the funny. Yeah, it's, uh, it just seemed to capture. Mm. Mm. It captured Dublin at the time, and of course we were That's just amazing. coming into the whole Celtic Tiger as well. Yeah, you know things were about to go boom before they went wallop. You know, mm. Uh, mm. so it just captured the imagination of people. And I, I've people still say it to me to this day. You know, particularly blokes, it was the it was the first program that I ever made sure I was home for to watch. Monday yeah. night, hadn't I? Never tell much. I'm watching that now. Yeah, yeah, and they record it. It, w- it became the, their men's kind of first event television that wasn't American. No, no, and then when, when you can identify with the people and go, yeah, it's actually good to be a bloke, yeah. just an Irish fella hanging and, out. Oh, look, you know? there they are in Trumcondra. Yeah, yeah. You know, no, yeah, like you, you, could, you could see the see it and smell dope. Like the first, yeah, yeah. in the first episode, one of the first scenes was a shot of the three was coming out of the house in the keys, crossing the boardwalk, walking down the boardwalk, over the bridge, into Temple mm. Bar, in one shot, 
four, four and a half, five pages. That had never been done before. Not on Irish television. No. A continuous shot. And I remember the cameraman being dragged, you know, and we had nobody blocking streets. We were literally moving people out of the way. It's just a handheld camera. Uh, it's just a camera and the, and the cameraman being dragged yeah. right behind him, cleared in the way. Yeah. You know, it was just, and we had to do, I don't know how many. I, I'm sorry, so the we public were walking around, there was no one. No, uh, we hadn't got the budget. Yeah. You know, it was a new show. I mean, we had yeah. a budget, clearly, RT had given a budget. And, yeah, yeah. But it wasn't a big production in terms of we didn't have streets blocked off and all that's that. Amazing. Yeah, and so, but that was part of the charm then. Mm. Um, but then the second year became harder because then they went, because people oh, knew you. the lads from Thingy. Yeah. Didn't know what it was. Yeah. And the third year was very hard. I mean, I remember we used to fill on Sundays. Mm. Uh, and the exterior scenes outside the house on Bachelor's Walk <clears throat> we were doing a Sunday because obviously Monday to Friday was mental in mm. town so we used to do Sundays and I remember we shot during the summer and uh, the Sundays are mental in Dublin City Centre because of the GAA <laughs> and we'd always know who was playing because if they come up a certain side of the keys come up that way or they're coming up from Cork yeah. they're coming from the north yeah. and it used to be mayhem because obviously Don was a Cork man yeah. you know and they'd see us outside what yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then it just caused the song mate well I'm up there dubs yeah. and then Keith was done he goes oh Keith don't it up it was mental yeah yeah, yeah, mental. yeah. but in the first series no one had a ball to who we were yeah. but the third, third series was harder to shoot but yeah, yeah it was great it was a joy oh, for time to do it it's brilliant yeah. it's part of Irish television history yeah it's amazing yeah it's great and since then you've done well you're, I'm very jealous uh, you've, you've worked <laughs> <laughs> with Steve Coogan on uh, uh, yeah. Alpha Papa was Alpha Papa, yeah, the Alan Partridge film. Um, Brilliant. Yeah, it was... Well, a hard it, shoot, I believe. Yeah, tough shoot. The yeah, first time yeah. I met him was on Moonboy, because his production of company... Of Moonboy, Bay yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. produced yeah. Uh, Moonboy. And how does he do that? He's got a great Irish accent. He's Amazing. He plays Francie Fe Touchy Feely, Touchy Feely. In, in Moonboy. Yeah, yeah. Nailed the accent. And I, and I, I said it to him, because I've, I've met English actors particularly hmm. who've murdered it. Because yeah. it's a tricky accent to yeah, do, yeah. you know. They overdo it. Oh Jesus! Yeah. And uh, with the th, oh, just dash. that does and d's. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh stop. Uh, yeah. But he, he, of course, the reason he did it was he spent so much time here as a child. He'd holidayed in Mayo every, every, every summer religiously for two, three months. Is it both his parents? Or? I think, I think both his parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah right. um, Mayo. Mm -hmm. So he said he was surrounded by that all the time, like, and he had that kind of little mm -hmm. the aching you know, they were seeing me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just nailed it. Yeah, that's um, brilliant. So it was the first time I met him, and then um, Declan Lowney, who directed the first series of Moonboy, he was uh, on board to direct Alpha Papa. And uh, I think I think John Thompson, you know the English actor John Thompson from Cold Feet? From Cold Feet? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. I think he was supposed to play a certain partner, but he yeah. was offered Celebrity MasterChef. Oh, really? <laughs> well, they offered him a wheelbarrow full of money. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And off he went, because yeah, at the end of the half, a papa was in little indie movie. I suppose. He weren't going to retire on it. Right, right, So right. in came Celebrity MasterChef. <laughs> I'm off. So One Declan literally rang me. MasterChef is exactly. another man's dinner. Exactly, exactly. Um, and Declan rang me and said, look, there's this part. Yeah. Do you want to, can I put you in for our interest? I said, Jesus, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So then I did it and we shot it in North Norfolk in Cromer. Yeah. Oh, Cromer. Yeah. yeah. Mother of divine. What a place. No, no, what nothing a place. happening there. No, no literally, literally nothing <laughs> happening. Literally, we uh, bec and because it was such a, mm. such a strange shoot, because the movie was literally being written as they were filming it. Mm. Which, as you know, makes it impossible then to schedule it. Yeah. So we were kind of brought over on the Monday, and you might be working till the Thursday. Mm -hmm. You're just sitting in this B and B in Cromer. Really? First night I was there, ten past seven. We didn't get a paper. The guy pulling the shutters down. Said, "Are you close?" "Oh yeah, close in seven, sir." I said, "Right." I said, "Any idea where I can get a paper?" "Oh, uh, no problem. Uh, nearest place now is Sharing. It was about three mile out of that." I thought, "Yes." Seven o'clock. You couldn't even get a paper. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was expecting the lights to go off at ten. Yeah, and just yeah. to hear doors shutting. But uh, oh god, yeah. I know uh, Frank Kelly was telling me about doing. Um, what's the sick, the soap he did? 
Oh, the crap soap that no one watches. Um, the um, the so rural many. one. The rural one. The crap soap that no one watches. <laughs> the English Emmerdale. one. Emmerdale. Emmerdale, yeah. <laughs> the, crap, the crap soap that, that no, no one, one watches. watches. Emmerdale will be on at half past Twice nightly <laughs> and an omnibus eight-hour edition. But he was stuck wherever that was oh, yeah, in for weeks and weeks. And, uh, Miserable. Said, I did a lot of reading, he said. I did, yeah. Because <laughs> I'd fucking nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's you, glamorous. That was a tough shoot, and Steve, yeah. Steve, Steve has this reputation of being an arsehole. Yeah, and um, but, but he well, pla- well, he plays up to us, you know, <laughs> yeah. in, in in his live show, and in fact, in the trip, he, yeah, in the like, trip, he, finish, he finishes his live show with a number called "Everyone's a bit of a." Yeah, and sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And in the yeah. trip, he put it in as well. He knows yeah. he has a reputation, yeah. but I can see where it comes from. Yeah, yeah. He's tricky. He's a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. He's balchy, mm. you know. But mm. yeah. he's a dynamic genius. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, bloody hell! I mean, I'd like, and I, I even liken him in the Paul same breath, Kaff, almost too. Yeah. All those characters. But Chris O'Dowd is the same. He wrote, yeah. produced, directed, and starred in Moonboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He reminded me of Coogan, where the, just dynamic, mm. never stops working. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's mm-hmm. and it's not easy work. You're writing this stuff. You've got to write it. Then he's got to produce it, direct it, and and and, and in it. And his reputation is hanging off. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, And it's 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 all or nothing, you know. Because it's crap. Good luck. Yeah, you know. With Um, such a Alan Partridge being such a big character, basically, I thought he nailed it. I thought it was a brilliant. Even the opening sequence, the titles, it's just just great. Brilliant. And of course, I shot him, (laughs) which is. Well, yeah. I will always be known as the man who yeah, shot him. By mistake, I have to add. Yeah, but still. And that great line where I shoot him, cuts back and I go, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah. The, the other reason I'm jealous of you <laughs> is because you've acted on The Good Wife with what's her name? <laughs> with, yeah, with what's her name? What's her name? She, she's huge, what's her name? She's, she's a household name. Yeah. Juliana um, Margulies. Margulies, yeah. Now, me and my daughter uh, watch, that's how we bond. We that's watch, your time. That's, yeah. Uh, that's, uh, and, she uh, must have fallen off the couch when you saw when me I on saw a one you, night. Thought, Whoa! You thought, Jesus, wept. They let anybody into that. And I could tell her, I know him. Yes, we work together, love. <laughs> no, no, we have, look. Here's his number in my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that again, again, that kind of came about, uh, biz- not bizarrely, but you know, my manager rang from New York at one o'clock on mm. a Wednesday or whatever and said, Are you you know, I'm just checking to see if you're, you're available to travel in the next couple mm. of weeks and do some filming. And I said, yeah, yeah, what, what, what's the gig? She said, no, no, no I'm not going to say nothing. I'm just working on something I don't, mm. in case it falls through. So she rings back at seven, eight o'clock that night. <clears throat> And real typical New York, real. Okay, so uh, it's the Good Wife. Uh, mm. It's guest star uh, opposite Eddie Izzard, and uh, nine days New York. Um, great. Okay, I said. Oh, I said the Good Wife. My wife Lisa, who was pregnant on our second side at the time, almost delivered the child because that mm. was our favorite show. I'd mm. never seen it. No. That's I said, when, Meg, when? She said, well, you know, some CBS travel will call you in about now. Are you be on a flight tomorrow? I said, tomorrow, tomorrow morning. I said, it's eight o'clock. I mean, four. Yeah. So before I knew it, I was on a plane, Lisa sat me down that night and showed me an episode. Yeah. Because she went, she's married to him, he doesn't like her, just gave me the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was great. Mm-hmm. And then I read the script on the flight on the way over. And uh, and it's like a meaty part, it's a good part. Great, great part. Yeah, Jeez, yeah. it's a great part, yeah. Mm. yeah. But again, that was mm. luck, you know, someone else was due to do it, couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. My manager in New York gets a call going, do you have any uh, European actors that are preferably English with an Irish background? She went, yeah, I do. Sent them my show reel. Twenty minutes later, you're booked. Wow, that's, that's ridiculous. Amazing, amazing. That's um, the phone call from heaven. Yeah, it is. It was great. Um, yeah. You know, um, and so uh, you arrived there and start shooting that day, or pr- no, no, probably the day after we arrived. I went down to the studio. They shoot it out. Mm-hmm. And they shoot it out in these converted warehouses out in Brooklyn, which mm-hmm. is huge now. And. Mm-hmm. New York, I think it was Juliana, Juliana, or I'm not sure it was him or the next mayor who changed the tax laws in the state in New York mm. to try and match the tax breaks in LA because mm. everything was being shot in LA, mm-hmm. not just the movies but TV, excuse me, TV as well. So mm. they changed the tax laws, and now a lot of stuff has moved back out to the East Coast. So they mm. shoot in New York alone. They shoot Blue Bloods, the shot Boardwalk Empire, mm. um, The Good Wife. Mm. Now it doesn't sound like a lot, but when a show like The Good Wife is being shot somewhere. Mm-hmm. The city knows about it because they're shooting for 10 months. Mm-hmm. They're doing 23 episodes. Yeah, yeah. 
It's a fucking machine. Mm. There's a crew of 300. It's huge. So to say, I had to shoot that, that, and that there, that's huge. Mm. You know, it's like Penny Dreadful being shot here in Dublin. Mm. They've taken the four sound stages at Ardmore for eight months a year. Yeah. That's yeah. huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's employing 4,000 people indirectly mm. for a year. Mm. And that's great here because it means that for the indie stuff and the smaller stuff, there's less crew fighting over those gigs. So it's great for the crews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. And then you, you're working alongside Eddie Izzard. And oh, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. Because you know, he's exactly what you'd expect him to be. Yeah. You know, mad as a brush, engaging, funny, yeah. uh, witty, just yeah. eccentric, you know. And uh, you were telling me about how you learnt lines with him, or he had it. Yeah, he, as you'd know it because you saw the episode, but obviously the, the dialogue was, was legalese. Tricky dialogue, chunky, tricky dialogue. Yeah. And dialogue that wouldn't flow off our tongues naturally yeah. because we're not from a legal background. The language was foreign to us. Mm -hmm. um, so we were both, we weren't struggling with it, but it was tricky. It was taking longer than normal. And remember, I've got a beep, barcode memory. Mm. It should have went in there quicker and it wasn't because mm. I didn't know the language. Mm. And Eddie suggested that he said the way he tends to learn lines is he tries to do something else while doing it. I thought, what in the name of Christ is he talking about? And it's kind of like patting your tummy and rubbing your head at the mm. same time. It's trying, you have to concentrate on doing one thing so hard while doing something else, it helps the original talk get in there. Opens it up. Opens mm. it up. Mm. Yeah. And so he suggested that in the green room with the good wife, there was a fabulous green room with treadmills, and which clearly I used. <laughs> Obviously. There was a kitchen. Which I definitely used. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and there was uh, table tennis tables, ping pong tables. Because the Americans love their ping pong. Yeah. And I'm getting a tan off that. It's great. I'd be like a oh, farmer walking out of the yeah. It's like is that, is that I'm just going to turn it that way a bit. Uh, is that yeah, right? Yeah. No, of course. Or I yeah, can yeah, try the other side, yeah. the other side no. of my face. I've got uh, the shadow of a mic <laughs> on my face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. So Eddie, anyway, suggested that we play a game of table tennis while doing the scene. Yeah. I thought that's a great idea, and uh, the other actor, another actor, was in the room at the time. An amazing American actor, Michael Aronoff, who played my client in the episode. Right. And I said, "Film this." So I have a video of myself and Eddie is that in full costume in the suits, fully made up. Yeah. Doing the scene, this legally argumentative debate scene yeah. while playing Play, table tennis. Wow. Bizarre, absolutely that's bizarre. But keep. then just, just to, just to watch that machine in action, Joe was mm. just. It's a huge workload from 10 months a year they shoot that show. Mm -hmm. They do, I think it's 10 days an episode or 15 days an episode, whatever it is. The mm -hmm. writing, it's set in Chicago, shot in New York and written in LA. Mm. So the LA writing office has to be on the same time schedule as the production shoot. In, in New York. York, so they have to be up. Yeah, because there's a problem with the script and there always is because it's legalese. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. can we say this? Are you sure I can say that? Yeah. They got to ring the writers. Yeah, they're right, in LA. Yeah. So they're three hours behind but they have to be on the same Wavelengths yeah. in New York. Insane. But again, I'd been in New York filming. Like, little did I know that first time I got the train in from Yonkers. And I'm going, Jess, look, look at that building. Huge, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, like, you know. You'll be like, there. Ten years working. Ago, working as an actor. On get an amazing up, series. Get up the yard. As uh, Sinatra would hey, say. Get up the yard. <laughs> get up the yard. Out of that garden. <laughs> you bleeding plant. That's got to be recorded. Uh, don't worry, it will be. <laughs> your next year's Eurovision. Yeah, yeah. Listen, Simon, thanks a million for coming a in. pleasure, we, Joe. We, we, we have and we have so much more to talk about. Uh, yeah. Yes, because the world that you live in, that that, that world, that fascinates me, and, and the, the the what it takes to do what you do. Yeah, it does. It just because mm. I haven't worked with um, Bobby Moynihan, mm -hmm. who does Saturday Night Live. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the the the, the, imag the imaginings of a comic mm. just fascinate me, and that world getting up there. And you're talking about trying to keep your performance fresh when you're doing stand up. Mm. You're out there on your own. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, There's nowhere to hide. You don't get that moment to have that breather on stage where three other people are talking. This is true. But you can move from one thing to another so you can think on the spot. You, can, well, you don't just true. stick to the lines. And nobody's going to give you a bollock if you jump off the script. Tonight. Yeah. Because so, it's your script. So, yeah. So you're not going to give yourself a bollock. Well, you do. You do. When you come off, you go, you fucking idiot. You should have done that other bit. Get up the yard. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks for coming in. And pleasure, it's been a Pleasure talking to you. We'll talk again. Sure. You better believe it. <laughs>
And wasn't that worth it? Thank you, Simon, for coming in for the second time. Just one more time I'd like to plug, before we go, come along to the Stag's Head on Wednesday night on the 24th, next Wednesday, the Wednesday coming up for a live Potterooney. Come, please. Um, by the way, I went to see that film Youth yesterday with Michael Caine. Um, who else? Harvey Keitel. And an amazing appearance from Jane Fonda. A Miss Universe in the nip. And um, a lot of that. But anyway, it's absolutely, I was blown away by it. Now, you, you might go along and think it's very pretentious, but I loved it. And the music, huh, David Lang, the music was fantastic. It looked beautiful. It may have been slightly pretentious, but I, I, I recommend it. Yeah, youth. Okay, next week I'll be talking to Joanne McAnally, up-and-coming young female comedian. So, see you next week. Bye. This was a Castaway Media production. Find more great podcasts on our network. Visit castaway.media. I'm seeing something. It's smiling at me. But not a friendly smile. The worst smile I've ever seen in my life. Do you see it right now? Smile. Rated R. Only in theaters September 30th.